The following is a sponsored program on 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM. The views, information, or opinions expressed during this program are solely those of the individuals or participants involved and do not necessarily represent those of Braden Madison Broadcasting or its employees. 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday morning at 10 AM. Sumner County Spotlight is brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. FNM Bank offers personal banking, business banking, and mortgage loans too. FNM Bank is one of the top independent banks in Tennessee. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, MMLS number 518158. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlight. Jeff Shannon. Well, welcome to Summer County Spotlight. Uh, this is Jeff Shannon, and it's so nice to have you along here on this uh, Sunday morning. And, you know, we have this great sponsor we have here is F&M Bank. And F&M Bank has uh, been a sponsor of the Spotlight for a long time, and they're, they're, they're great folks, and we appreciate them so very much. So in the studio now, we have our, our guest, Sherry Ferguson, and she's the president and CEO of the Portland Chamber of Commerce, which is up there in Portland. Up north, up that way. <laughs> so welcome in, Sherry, and introduce yourself to everybody. Yes, I am glad to be here. Thank you for asking me to be on. We, um, you know, Portland is part of Sumner County. It is. It has a little sliver of Robertson in there, too. But, but you know, we are proud uh, to be part of Sumner County. Sumner County is a great place to, to live, work, and play. And, again, we are um, glad to be the northern part of Sumner County. I've been with the Chamber for 10 years now. Really? And um, when I took the job, I did not know what I was getting into. So um, (laughs) it probably is better that I didn't. And neither did my husband because uh, he actually has a lot of, as you know, that comes with it. So uh, he has a lot of of volunteer free labor. Free labor. That's, yeah, for sure. That's right. But yes, so I've been with the chamber for 10 years and uh, enjoy every minute of what I do. I have a great staff that, that helps me be able to do what I do. And that's important. Yes. You know, you got to have a team, and the team all works together because, you know, when this wheel starts turning, I mean, especially when you get these big events that come on, everybody has to pitch in and do their thing. Yes, <laughs> between the staff and the volunteers, you know, within the community, um, you know, it, you look at an event that brings in as many people as many of our events do that sure. uh, there's no way that, one, you know, it's a one-person job. So yeah. between uh, our staff, we have four uh there's four of us there at the chamber, and then having uh, all of the volunteers is the only way we're able to do what we do. So what did you do before this? Immediately before, I was an insurance agent. I worked for Shannon Insurance locally in Portland, okay. and I had been uh, with him for five years, and the job come open, and he actually said, you know, you'd probably be a good fit for that. And mm-hmm. I said, are you trying to get rid of me? <laughs> so but uh, so that's kind of how the it actually happened. Previously, when I started my career, I was in public relations in okay. Cigna Insurance. Okay. And so I was still in the insurance side, but it was on the Medicare division. And I was actually the trainer and the publisher for the bulletins and training the physicians on their office on how they should do their billing. So that's where my original uh, line was in uh, public relations and then uh, went home to stay home with my children and then went back into part-time insurance and then ended up full-time and then here. That's uh, quite a journey going from insurance to this. But, you know, in, in a way, I mean, it's really a people business. 
It that's, is. That's what it is. And you're helping other people, finding out what their needs are, and help them to achieve that. So, Well, building relationships. That's what a Chamber of Commerce is really all about. Promoting your community and building relationships so we all can be better. Yep. It's all about everybody working together to make our communities better and doing the things that, that we love. Well, and Portland seems like a real tight community. It is. You know, small towns are easier to be a little tighter as you grow and get larger, uh, especially if you grow quickly. It's hard to continue that camaraderie and that community feel, but we've been able to to keep that even with many moving in from outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, they That's why they're moving here is they like that, so we try to get them involved. And we hope that, you know, as we grow, because we are growing, you know, the mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. outer sides of Nashville, we're all... Um, expanding and the numbers of uh, in the community are are growing and we hope that we'll be able to keep that small town feel so, even as we grow larger and, and the housing market i mean has to even affect the rural areas like that because people want to come in they want land and it seems to me you guys would have a lot more land than let's say hendersonville or gallatin we don't have those big you know plots of, of property unless uh, people are buying up farms but yes they uh we do have more land but they're still building smaller lots oh um, interesting the, the cost for land is so high you know if you take a quarter of an acre lot and build a home on it and then you take a subdivision instead of a quarter of an acre lot now we're going to do a half an acre lot that can raise your price of just the utilities and everything that has a sure. forty thousand dollars for the builder that doesn't count the price of the land yeah, yeah. so um to to take a $300,000 house and then add extra land, you know, you've doubled the price of your house mm-hmm. in no time with just adding a couple of acres. So. Yeah, and it's always surprised me how expensive dirt is. It is. <laughs> that's all uh, you're buying. And you're limited. <laughs> yes. You know, that's the, we're not making any more. So <laughs> so that's that's part of the reason I think the price does seem to, to continue to rise. But we have the same issue in Portland as we do all around Sumner County. As homes, once they go on the market, it's a bidding war and they're gone and the prices are are so high and I know I hear people all the time I need to sell my house if I can uh, get that much for it and I'm thinking you better have a place to live because you'll be homeless if you don't I talked to a guy the other day and he's this house went up maybe two two or three hundred thousand that he's making off of the house so and he can't you know run right out get another place he's getting an apartment so I'll just go stay in an apartment till one comes up but he's got to take advantage of this windfall that he's going to make on this property and it's like amazing yes and people are doing it they they are. They're doing it everywhere. And then the rental properties are very difficult to yes. find as well. Mm-hmm. Um, apartments are a little more available. There's a little more availability on those. But we have most people that when they're in Portland, they want to rent a home. Yeah. They don't want to rent an apartment. And there, there's not many of those. I get calls every day. Mm-hmm. Do you have know of anything that's Parts. available to rent? <laughs> and there's there's yeah, just not a lot. That's wild. Now, Portland is, is kind of known for a big festival that you guys throw out there, and that's uh, the Strawberry Festival, which just happened recently, right? It, in May. We have our Strawberry Festival in May, and um, it was a huge success. One we, of the biggest ever, right? It, it, it is. Every yeah. year it seems to grow, <laughs> and we seem to always want to add 
add something to it. Um, it's one of those events that it does take the community, though. We have the Rotary Club, the Lions Club, the Athletic Boosters, and the Cheerleaders, and everybody has a, the Band Boosters. Everybody has a part mm-hmm. of some some portion of it. The marketing arm and everything that goes on in the downtown area is really handled by the chamber, but it it's all of the little events that go on within the event that make it uh, so special. So we um, had approximately 50,000 people over That's the two days. Nice. Um, Friday night concert was the Journey Resurrection Band. Okay. And um, they were they were um, really good. Oh, they're amazing. <laughs> they're so amazing. We're bringing them back next year. Uh, so okay. uh, we're going to have them open our Strawberry Festival on Friday night before again for 2022 and um, just know that it's going to be and we didn't know what to expect. It was our first concert on Friday night before the festival, but we were blown away. Yeah. We need more food trucks for sure, and um, and we need uh, to move those in another area so we have more seating. I heard recently that Loveless Cafe has a food truck, and they come up from down south and bring their truck around. Really? I did not know yes. that. And so they, they make everything right there. <laughs> yes, that would be great. So I contact them. Yeah. Yes, we will definitely reach out to them. We mm-hmm. have, um, for Strawberry Festival Day, we have over 200 vendors and then on friday night last year we limited it because we you don't want too many food trucks that they can't make any money because they won't come back but we underestimated and (laughs) um so again we do need to to add we'll probably have uh 10 or 12 food trucks there on friday night you can always tell the popular ones because they get the longest line yes well (laughs) at one point it just goes with wherever they can get food so uh so at some point it becomes to that but yes every one of ours last year had a line and and you hate for people to wait in line but you also are just glad that that uh, you have a good crowd that's got to be so stressful in those cooking that little environment in there and trying to push out all those meals like that. I mean, that's that takes talent. <laughs> it does, and it's a lot of work. So mm-hmm. you've got to love cooking. And, um, you know, I like to have a big space when I cook, so mm-hmm. I don't know about that trailer being <laughs> no. uh, being the best uh, location yeah. for me to do my cooking, but they do they do wonderful. Everybody loves a food truck. Mm-hmm. Now, is, when is strawberry season? Strawberry season typically starts the last week of April. Okay. And then runs about four to six weeks. Okay. It, it all depends on the weather. They, um, you know, the sunshine is what makes the sweet ripe berries. So you can have a lot of rain, but until that sunshine comes to okay. ripen yeah, them, they're they're not going to to. It's not going to be strawberry season, and you cannot control that. And I do. I have people all the time that they're like, "What are you going to do if you don't have strawberries?" And I'm, I, I, there's not anything I can do. So we just <laughs> move on. We have a lot of strawberry items. You know, we have strawberry ice cream. We have strawberry jam we have but you know strawberries are our difficult little fickle little fruit so you have the the strawberry mascot we do strawberry is our strawberry Patch. mascot yes <laughs> that's a great name and uh we had a contest for that okay and uh and they uh, they named our mascot patch and uh we have a mascot race so anybody that has a mascot you are we have our tukey well you bring your tukey he's, down he's got big feet though uh, well you know our our strawberry is not the fastest in the world but it's always fun we have a race and and have a heat during the strawberry festival mm-hmm. um which is always fun they get to go out and they get to mingle in the crowd and get pictures with everybody so it's it's a fun little time right before the parade starts so that way they don't have to walk the entire parade and be in the parade but they yeah. get to mingle with the crowd as well, well I, I, I think toucans like to eat strawberries so uh yeah we he, might he need might to keep them apart 
smart. Yeah, they might. <laughs> That'd be some. You had to get video of that. We would. We get. We could set up Tookie a little patch uh, fighting. We could set up a wrestling rink <laughs> oh, and and and, uh, and uh, let them let them go at it. But uh, what this past year was our first year also to have uh, Robo Cars, which are a type of a transformer. So it's a okay. person inside of the see cars. That. that was amazing. They are amazing. So uh, we're bringing them back that's again good. next year too. So that's uh, they're in out of Florida. So they come up and participate and then again they were a huge hit so we just have the the one band or do you have like several locals well friday or? night we have the one large band that's our yeah. our prime time band but then all day long from 10 o'clock until four o'clock which is parade time we have uh different bands that come up some are local and mm-hmm. and some are m- most of them are from the nashville area that play on that that saturday then okay well that would be a, a lot of fun and p- people like is watch music and listen to it and and that that's the great thing about now it's starting to come back and then we get hit again yes. and now we got some concerts that have, like Bonnaroo wasn't because of COVID because of rain but you know that was canceled and you know things happen you know and and that breaks my heart because as a person that puts on outdoor events oh it is one of the hardest decisions to make on whether you are a go or or just to cancel mm-hmm. and once you've gotten that close it's so hard to <laughs> to just say every, stop everything yeah, everything's done yeah. and we did that with covid you know we waited till two weeks before our event before we canceled last year because we knew that um you know we there was nothing we could do it was either you know so we tried to wait it out we kept thinking that, mm-hmm. that things were going to get better and they didn't yeah. and uh, so we were really excited to be able to come back for this year and did you uh, have to postpone any of the bigger events? Um, bigger events, like because of COVID. Um, we not this year, but in uh, 2020, we uh, really the Strawberry Festival was our one event that we just completely canceled. Okay, uh, we did end up doing a fall festival in October last okay. year, which that was kind of to to just kind of move into actually getting to do something, people getting out, mm-hmm. and it was a small festival. But they've asked us to bring it back, okay. so we're bringing it back again nice. this year. We, yeah. It was supposed to be a one and done, but <laughs> you know how that that never yeah. happens. So. That's for real. Um, you know, we have, um, you know, chambers all over Sumner County, and I think the, the, the chamber community is, is pretty tight, and Sumner County is awesome when it comes to tourism. We have a lot of tourism kind of functions that happen that draw people here, and of course, Barry Young, you know, he comes up there and bugs you every now and then, I, I assume, but uh, he's, he's doing a great job in trying to keep everybody on, on track and uh, getting the exposure for Sumner County, so uh, the events are going to keep coming. You know, let's let's make it happen. And because you're doing such a great job, I understand you just got a, a recent award. And when we come back, we're going to find out what that award was for Sherry Ferguson right here. We'll be right back with more of Sumner County Spotlight. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. And we're back with more of Sumner County Spotlight for this Sunday morning. And we're talking with the Portland Chamber of Commerce President and CEO, Cherry Ferguson. And Sherry, you just uh, got a pretty special award coming up and uh, saw that posted. So you got to tell us about that. Yes, I was very honored to be nominated and chosen as the Chamber Executive of the Year. 
and it is an honor a lot because it is elected by your peers so people within your profession nominating and electing you choosing you for such an honor it uh, really did mean a lot to me so it's an award that they give out uh, once a year and they have given that out for about seven or eight okay. years I believe and another recipient is from Hendersonville mm-hmm. Kimberly Lynn okay so she uh, actually received the same award five years ago she was my mentor so following in her footsteps and and being able to receive this award really meant a lot to me and you had your your team that was also recognized yes um, so along with this award they also give out event of the year with the at, within the Tennessee Chamber so this is over all of the uh, all of Tennessee so okay. they you submit your events that you have and they actually send those to other states to be chosen by other directors in other states and we were chosen this year for our farm to table dinner so okay. we were very excited to be chosen for that but another great honor is this is three years in a row so we first originally won for our eclipse event and which then was we, big time it was it came right and, over us <laughs> and then last year we won for our back to school bash which is where we provide backpacks for right. the local community and then this year we won for the farm to table event so we're excited to be uh, to be selected and knowing that uh, there's a lot that submit events from yeah. all over the state of Tennessee and we we are very honored to be able to to win that award that's right and then I guess you've recently uh, graduated from leadership middle Tennessee See. Yes, uh, longest class ever. So, <laughs> yes, um, right. you know, we were the COVID class. <laughs> so we uh, we started in uh, twenty. 19 and we actually received our diplomas in 2021 (laughs) so but we had the best class and if you ever have the opportunity to apply and be a part of leadership middle tennessee you need to do it it is a um you build great relationships with the 10 county region here and you learn so much and you get to do fun cool things too so um you know it's it's uh rappelling off of the wall in um at fort campbell or did you do the the helicopter ride too no we're, we're hoping to get oh. to do that well that was when it rained or something it was something COVID happened. oh that's COVID or it COVID. was um, yeah. the first year that uh, the tornadoes had happened I yeah. think and we're sitting there and COVID happened so we actually get to go to that session uh, this coming with this coming year's class. Oh, okay, so, so you, you don't lose out. So right. yes, I was very disappointed because I'm all about riding in a Blackhawk. That's yeah. just <laughs> awesome. So bad COVID, bad. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> um, so what kind of events do you have coming up here? in the future well uh september the 23rd we um have our banquet so this is uh, something that for the last several years we've had a murder murder mystery uh dinner this year we've tried to change it a little bit and uh, we're going to do a 80s lip sync battle so (laughs) we have several that have signed up so you'll hear from guns and roses the bangles madonna tina turner Um, we got all them right here at the station yeah yeah, there you go well this will be lip sync so it will not be bad karaoke i'll, okay. I'll say that Thank so you. <laughs> it, it uh so you'll get some 
funny dancing and air guitars um, and yes yeah. but uh but it, it should be a lot of fun Where's everybody that be? it is actually at spring lake farms okay. which is one of our event venues in located in portland um it's outside the city limits it's more in the county but uh spring lake it's a beautiful venue if you've never been there you need to need to check it out we have about 160 that attend that event and um it's uh we have an auction so we centerpieces are auctioned off so tickets are $40 people can come you don't have to be a chamber member to come hey, maybe I can get the Oak Ridge boys to come up there and lip sync to Elvira oh yes that would be good but we would actually allow them to, to do to do actual singing so um, bop, bop, bop. yes yes so that's that's an event that yeah. we have um, every year in September next year we'll probably go back to the murder mystery and then just kind of switch okay. it around so that it doesn't get stale yeah and so uh, that's coming up when September September the 23rd okay, that's coming up what, what's after that um our fall festival okay. is october the 23rd now what do you have going on at the fall festival so Booths we will have uh pumpkin painting for the kids okay. we have face painting hay rides um we have vendors um we have uh farmers selling their pumpkins okay. of course there'll be a great photo opportunity we have um we'll have a, a great photo prop set up for people to come and get their photos for the at the farm we'll have a music stage and a magic stage uh, you can buy t-shirts there's a, a pumpkin patch so you can go out and pick your pumpkin and then the kids can go and and paint their pumpkin okay. so it's just a a great family time to come out and the music will be um awesome as well and they can check out the uh, chamber yes. website for all the, the yes, information. Yes, they can. Yeah. We will have a car show. So there'll be a car show on Main Street. So there, it'll be something for everybody. Just again, just something to come, fun come out. Get your pumpkins for Halloween because they'll be um, coming up in Thanksgiving. So yeah. there'll be plenty of vendors there with pumpkins. Yeah. You know, these events, and a lot of people don't realize, I mean, chambers, uh, really, they work off of these these big events. And when they're canceled, that puts a big big cut into your budget. It Even though it's a nonprofit. I mean, chambers are nonprofit, but you use that, you know, to fund function and to support uh, your organizations and who what do you, who does your chamber support um, well we have the the Chamber of Commerce is actually um, our events support our staff okay. in a lot of a lot of essence because the events take a lot of man hours <laughs> yes. and, and it's it's uh, a lot of the staff but we also have many things that we're involved in such as our back to school batch where we provide backpacks mm-hmm. to the students and and many of our our different avenues that we work towards the businesses and helping them to grow their business. We do a lot of marketing. That's what a lot of the events are actually geared toward as well because we want to be able to market the businesses that are there, whether they're an industry that are making widgets or whatever they may be doing and then turning around and needing employees for that and being able to show their employees how they support the community and, and what they do there. And shopping local. That's the key yes, right there. It is. Shopping local is, is huge. And um, we have another organization that I'm um, involved in and on the board, and that is our Education Foundation. And it's separate from the chamber, but the we are we serve on the board, and we actually pull, pull the event together. Okay. And they have one yeah. event. It's November the 4th, and it's a $100 ticket. And all the money goes to scholarships for students from Portland schools mm-hmm. and grants for teachers in the Portland schools. Mm-hmm. So we have... Um, that event that's a fun event will have door prizes you win all kinds of door prizes and the dinner is amazing it's at Southern Occasions Event Center which is downtown Portland it's a beautiful venue as well and they will actually be catering the the, the food as well well that's 
going to be a lot of fun. Yes, and again, always supporting education is a huge factor in everything that the chambers do because we're building our workforce. These people are going to be leading our country, and education is having a hard time right now with all of the things that they're going through. So so we love to support our schools and the education. Now, your school system is within Sumner County, I would assume. Yes. And you know, you kind of go a little border action going on with different counties, but uh, yes. Sumner County is the main school system. Yes. Uh, Sumner County is um, most of the city of Portland. We have a few citizens that are on the Robertson County okay. side, and then they would attend East Robertson, which, again, would be a Robertson okay. County school. But we have a very small amount of homes in the Robertson County side. Most of our Robertson County city limits involves industry because we have an industrial park there that that's what uh, they needed us to go out to annex so that we could provide water and sewer and resources with the police and fire there okay now with the with the chamber and of course you're i guess a part of the bbb and uh, involved in that because you're obviously you know supporting the businesses this past year other than than covid what kinds of business pitfalls have you run into <laughs> like you've run into these walls it's like oh my gosh we got to get past this um i think the largest i guess void that they're having is just employees staffing yes, yes staffing has Everywhere. been incredibly difficult and you know and it doesn't matter if you're at a small you know mom and pop or you're at a huge industry that has a lot of a lot of staff you know uh, my husband works for an engineering firm and they can't find engineers so i mean they have 25 jobs open on and they're that paying there. good money yes and then so, they do sign on bonuses and yes, all this and they still can't get people it's so difficult in today's market on finding out how to get employees that really um what is what is driving them to go back to work and mm-hmm. i think that's what we've got to find and focus on and um everybody has their own thing that they that uh, you know their their motivator so finding what motivates your employees to be able to keep them and to to keep good employees money's not always the factor a lot mm-hmm. of times it's time off or it's yeah. you know the freedom to set your schedule or whatever it may be but that has been a huge, difficult issue for most businesses. Well, then you get these calls from the members, and they go, "Hey, I need people. Can you put something out that we're hiring?" And you know, yes, and and we have a jobs board on our website. We um, we post uh, job openings whenever we get them for people. We actually had a job yeah. fair, and we had thirty businesses that actually set up at our job fair, and we were pleased. They were pleased with the number, and that's scary when you go out and you say we're going to do a job fair because <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> who knows if you'll get two people exactly. to walk through that door or a yeah. hundred. But I think they were pleased from the other events that they had had been to and had set up at. Uh, most of them had. Um, actually received people that applied for positions so again there were 30 businesses that were set set up with um over a thousand jobs within those 30 businesses and um i think they may have had about 40 people come through which again i think that's the most that they've seen at one time anywhere one of these had a abc technologies was just doing a a, they had a a job fair they were doing thousand dollar sign-in bonuses and they're getting 15 18 bucks an hour and i saw that they posted it well we're going to continue doing 
it because they obviously didn't get enough, you know, people. Right. And and these are, you know, not schlepper jobs. I mean, they're. Uh, I mean, it's amazing. And I think we we also have to learn to be patient when we go into our businesses. We get a little frustrated because service is slow or something like that. But we have to realize they're short staffed, and they'll tell you that. So well, we we still have enough people, so things get slowed down a little bit. It is, and I think that it is. Um uh, we do need to be mindful that those people that are showing up to work, mm-hmm. let's be kind and courteous to <laughs> yes. them because, you know, they did show up to serve you your food or mm-hmm. to be, you know, wait on your table or to check you out at the 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 grocery store so be kind to them uh they're working and doing the best that they can they're not lazy it's just a lot of people with a few staff what a couple things we need to know about the portland chamber the the portland chamber is very involved with the city the city and the chamber works very well together and we are um i don't know if you watch our facebook page but mayor callis and i go around town um different periodically every month and we pick different businesses and we just go in and say hey tell us about your business tell us what's going on so we do videos every month and we post those throughout the month so that people can know i mean how many times do you live in a town and you have never walked through many of the businesses that we have the opportunity to do Mm -hmm. and um i really respect mayor callis for uh taking his time and doing that because you know as a mayor they are just as busy as as the chamber (laughs) and uh for us to be able to find time that both of us can go at the same time it is uh really phenomenal that uh that and they appreciate it so much because you know everybody likes to talk about themselves so when you go into a business they're passionate about that business now some of them don't want to be on tv or on (laughs) on video but they'll do it but but uh, once they get to talk and it's easy when it's something you love it's like you put a microphone up there they go (laughs) they they get kind of kind of (laughs) tongue-tied that's right so with the chamber of events coming up, what do, what do you forecast for this upcoming year that, as far as events concerned, does it look like we might do pretty good? Yes, uh, we have uh, noticed that all of our events had increased in numbers, and I do see that continuing. Um, just uh, our farm to table, we had more uh, tickets sold than ever. We had 146 tickets that we sold to our farm to table event, and you got to think this is on a street, no kitchen, and the lady, she's phenomenal. Carol, Carolyn Berry does our catering for that, and she gets the food off of the farms in the local Robertson and Sumner okay. County area, and she provides you know the meat and vegetables and desserts all again just phenomenal food and what she does to make that happen <laughs> without a kitchen yeah, of course yeah. she cooks it in her kitchen and yeah. brings it it's it's amazing wow. so everything that we've we've done has been an increase of about 20 percent in attendance wow. so i do see that continuing i do know people are concerned about covid and the the different concerns that they have okay. with hospitalizations but i do think we're having more vaccinated I think people are, um, you have some that are in the hospital, but I think the numbers that are being able to overcome this are even uh, higher. Well, let's just hope we get past it. It's uh, 2021. We headed to 2022. It's hard to say that anymore, but um, 
I, I see great things happening. I think people are, are wanting to get out. They want to participate. And we got to get out and support our local businesses. And you're doing a great job up there. Congratulations on your recognitions. And congratulations to the chamber for everything that you do for your community. And people, you know, love it up there. And I appreciate you for coming in and taking time out of your busy schedule to, to talk with us. And, and, of course, we've been talking with Sherry Ferguson, the president and CEO of the Portland Chamber of Commerce. And thank you so much. Thank you. Well, let's go wrap up the, this segment of Sumner County Spotlight. We'll be right back. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. So welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight. This is Jeff Shannon. Welcome in on this Sunday morning. And it's so nice to have you along. And we're going to bring in another guest. And she, well, she might not be new to the area. We're going to find out all about her. And of course, we're talking about Kate Ritchie. She is the executive director of Habitat for Humanity of Sumner County. And she's got, you know, over 14 years experience in the nonprofit business. So we're going to find out all about it and what's new at the Habitat. So welcome in, Kate. Thank you, thank you for having me. I appreciate you having me here. So go ahead and let everybody know who you are. Um, well, I have been a resident of Hendersonville for about seven years. This is my second stint in Nashville. Did a little moving around for a couple jobs. I have three boys and one awesome husband. They go to station camp schools. And yeah, I've been in the nonprofit industry most of my career. So um, started with Habitat on April 1st of 2020. Quite a time to start a new new role, but, but we have, um, definitely grown over the past year and looking forward to a bunch of different projects that we have in the works. How did you find out about, well, I know you knew about Habitat, but how did you find out about this gig? At my previous job, I shared an office with another company, Farmer's Agent, and he was on the Habitat board. He told me about the job. And I said, oh, I would be interested in that. And then a few months later, I said, no, I'm not interested in that. And I don't think that he told anybody that I wasn't interested because they still called me for an interview. And so um, I believe that God put it in my life. And so um, I did the interview and the rest is history. Now, you've been involved with other nonprofits. So what others have you been working with? Prior to Habitat, I was the state director for Mothers Against Drunk Driving and worked there for almost 10 years, I think it was. And then prior to that was with Boy Scouts of America. So some great, great organizations I've worked for. With the with the Boy Scouts, I mean, wow. I mean, that's, uh, that's a pretty big organization. And they've gone through some changes. And, uh, you know, I think, for the times anyway. I mean, it's things that are gonna happen uh, eventually anyway. But working with uh, some of the other nonprofits, what, what do you think you've brought to this job by working with those others? That's a really good question. Um, what I really feel that I brought to Habitat is from my time spent with Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Um, they are a nationally known um, advocacy organization and advocating for victims of impaired driving. And bringing that advocacy over to Sumner County and to Habitat for Humanity, my goal is to inform the public that we have a great need for more affordable housing and that the power of home ownership can bring you to new heights financial wise and creating generational wealth for those that may otherwise not be able to work their way out of poverty in other means. Yeah, so with the Mothers Against Drunk Driving, I mean, that was a really big 
influencer in the community. And I remember years ago, I was in law enforcement, so we, we always worked with you know the folks. And how was that message being delivered for them? For Mothers Against Drunk Driving? Um, you know, they are, their goal is to have a future where one day there is no such thing as drunk or impaired driving. So there's a lot of technology out there that um, can be installed in cars, either both new cars or aftermarket in order to prevent somebody from driving impaired. Well, and it's like, how do you stop it? <laughs> you know, it's just like the D.A.R.E. program, you know. Right. Don't do this, don't do that. Well, that yeah, it comes down to education and prevention. I've lived by the phrase, when you know better, you do better. So being able to share everybody's story, because everybody has a story, whether it's at Mothers Against Drunk Driving or our homeowners that have gone through our program, everybody has a story. Everybody's story is valid. And sharing those stories is what really makes the connection. Well, and, and of course, what the Habitat does, I think, is very valid valuable in the community and you have great a voice and you're able to help a lot of folks. So tell us about some of the current projects you have going on. Well, most people are very familiar with Habitat's home ownership program that we build homes. A lot of times people believe that we give homes away for free, which we do not give away homes for free. What we do is we build homes alongside the community in order to keep the cost of building low. And then the families all get an affordable mortgage. And um, this is done through, this comes back to our roots when we started is that a community came together and said, hey, let's all help each other build each other's homes to bring about a community of giving, a community of ownership, as well as coming together to share experiences with one another. And so we bring together companies, organizations, individuals, volunteers, skilled and unskilled volunteers, because when you're building a home, you definitely need skilled volunteers. And celebrities. And celebrities, (laughs) yes. um, Habitat definitely has celebrities. Um, And so we bring those people together. And then in the meantime, while we are working on raising the money in order to build the homes, the families are all participating in classes. They have to take up to 60 hours worth of classes. So these are home ownership classes, financial classes, budgeting classes, um, savings. We just teach them about creating a better financial outlook for them, really focusing on living below your means so that you can be a homeowner. And they do that in addition to doing about 200 hours of sweat equity each. So they have to do 200 hours of volunteer work. Well, you know, I just learned something because I've, I had no idea that like everybody did, that's a free house, but it's really not. Because anytime you give something, they don't have to do anything for it. You know where it happens. Exactly. It just goes crazy. But the fact that you're teaching them mm. budgeting and, and how to deal, that that's impressive. Yeah. Now, do you have certain mentors that you're using for that? Oh, yeah, definitely. We work with the with HUD in doing a lot of their classes. Um, we do receive some state funding, so there are certain state classes that we have to teach. But then we go above and beyond that because we do feel that if we're working very, this hard in order for your, us to build your home, you're going to work this hard in order to stay in your home and be um, contributing members to the community. Well, the fact you make them work. Yes, yes, definitely. So they kind of have a, you know, something in the game. Exactly. So appreciate it more, I think. Exactly. And our families, they really come to us in the sense that they might be in an overcrowding situation. They're living in a house that's much too small for their family or they can't. I mean, everybody knows the real estate market right now is insane. And so they are not able to go out and purchase a home or 
let alone afford rent. And when your rent is more than 30 to 50% of your monthly income, how do you save when just the cost to keep a roof over your head is so extreme? So we are teaching them, you know, those ways in order to do that and then putting them into a home that fits their family, that provides them with some stability, safe neighborhoods, just a way to teach their kids as well. That home ownership creates, like I said earlier, generational wealth, and that's what we're trying to do. Now, what about the homeless community? I mean, I'm not sure, and and I know a lot of people would probably be shocked at just how much of the homeless community we have that we really don't see. It's not like downtown. You know there's a lot downtown, but here, what does that look like? Um, Here, we don't have a homeless shelter in Sumner County. And when you think about um, the path to home ownership, there's really three phases. There is homelessness where you are living in your car, you're living in an overcrowding situation, you're living on somebody's couch. Then there's transitional housing. A lot of times people that are in homelessness, they are fighting other battles, battles that are much greater than what they could possibly handle on their own. So that's where transitional housing comes in. That's very important to get um, some families out of domestic violence situations, maybe off of some drugs or if they have some addictions, working through that in some transitional housing. And so in Sumner County, we have a great network of churches that provide both immediate homelessness shelter through the Stay Warm Shelter. And then we also have other great organizations that provide the transitional living in order to move move towards the path, focusing, they all have the same focus of um, educating, giving people the best knowledge that they can give them in order to move them upwards in life. We always say we get we are a hand up, not a handout. Now, how would somebody, if they're in a situation, how would they go and qualify or to know if they even qualify for your program? That's a great question. Right now, in order to qualify for any Habitat house, you have to be at 80% area median income or below. For us right now, our application window is closed. We hope to open the application window in 2022 as we're building our very first neighborhood. And once that application window is open. It is a pretty lengthy application process. Um, Not only are we finding out information on paper about their families and putting them through um, some financial underwriting to make sure that they can afford the home. We have a team of volunteers that selects which families receive the home and they go and do home visits. They want to know what, what are the current circumstances in which they're living in because as you know, we definitely have more applicants than we have the ability to build homes. So with with these uh, people, they come to apply it are they put on a case plan i mean they have to you give them a worksheet and plan okay you have to follow this and if you don't then we have to back up yes so everybody that comes to us we all everybody has individual monthly meetings with our family family services department and then they meet together and have classes and um, through that we work with them on an individual case basis and then as a group and provide them the support that they need so we can't be everything to everyone but we can connect them with our other community partners so, for example, if, if they have a child that's really struggling in school, we will connect them with a community partner that offers free tutoring. If they are having situations where their job might not be stable, we will provide them with a recommendation to the job center and just say, hey, this is a Habitat family. We really want to get them connected and get them into some stable work. So we really rely heavily on our community partners. As Likewise, they rely on us because, as I was saying earlier, with the transitional housing and the homelessness, 
they are seeing these families possibly at the worst times of their lives and can really speak to how much work they're putting in and provide us a good reference in order to get into our program. So now the question, how would they and where would they go to find out this information? Go to our website. It's habitatsumnercounty.org. And on there, there will be a tab at the top that says programs and you can click on home ownership there. And as I said, the application window is closed, but if you can bookmark it, then check back. And most likely once we open the application window, you should be seeing those in Sumner County should be seeing a lot of information about when to apply, when the application window is open, when it's closed. And then we also provide them help on filling out the application. You do have to live in Sumner County and You don't have to work in Sumner County, but you have to live in Sumner County for at least six months in order to apply. Now, with their their process, how long of a process? Let's say, okay, they go and they go to the and can they go on a list? And then once they are on that list, then we the application season opens. Then you start going through that list, and then how long would that process begin for somebody? The process from completing the application to being selected is in and around two to three months, um, because we are working with a team of volunteers that selects the families. So it's working with everybody's schedule in order to get the home visits completed, in order to do the family interviews. And that process can be a little bit lengthy. And then once you're in the program, from the time of being selected and signing our partnership agreement to when your home is actually built and you're handed the keys, that can be anywhere from 18 to 24 months. Well, and I know everybody has seen it, you know, on TV. It's a great publicity thing for you guys and to get the word out. We have so much more to talk about. And when we come back, we're going to find out more right here on Sumner County Spotlight. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. Hey, welcome back to Sunday Morning to Summer County Spotlight. This is Jeff Shannon, and we've been speaking with uh, Kate Ritchie, with Executive Director of Habitat for Humanity of Sumner County. We're talking about a lot of the the things that the Habitat does, and you guys are amazing at, at what you're doing and helping folks out. Let's talk about one of the big projects I think you have that a lot of people don't know that is happening. You're building a neighborhood, is that right? Yes, we are building our first neighborhood in Sumner County. It's going to be in Gallatin, and the neighborhood will have nine single-family homes. Right now, the infrastructure is being built. They're building out the roads and the sewer and the electricity and everything. And so we hope to be building in early 2022. And Pafford Place is named after longtime volunteers, Robbie and Gordon Pafford. If anybody's been around Sumner County long enough, they definitely know who the Paffords are. They have been volunteering with us since we started, and they have been one of the key volunteers, or the two key volunteers that have selected many of our families in the past. While they no longer serve on our homeowner selection committee, they are definitely still engaged. I just actually wrote them a letter this morning before I got here to thank them for their involvement. And we're just thrilled that we have an opportunity to move from an individual home builder to really a community builder. So beyond Pafford Place, we have other plans to build even more neighborhoods because the need for affordable housing, not just here in Sumner County, but nationally is huge. And so we want to be able to do our part, become one of the known home builders in Sumner County that builds the affordable housing. Now, so do, do they have an HOA? I'm just kidding. Uh, they <laughs> oh, they do? do. Yes, oh, okay. Do. Well, so you would have somebody that, I mean, they have to maintain the property. Yes. So if you come in and you see things in dis- disarray and disrepair and just starting to look trashy, you guys are going to 
enforce that? Yes. So um, we have to follow the same building laws, codes, and everything that any other builder does. So um, we do have to have an HOA for our neighborhood. And not just will we be able to come in and be like, you need to mow your lawn. But that's also goes back to our homeowner education classes where we are teaching them how to be good neighbors and how to maintain your home, not just internally, but also externally. If you are in a disagreement with your neighbor, how do you handle it? Those are all the part of the classes that we teach. So it's all kind of comes full full circle. In your experience, have you had to enforce any of these uh, in the past or the previous administration have to deal with something like that? Well, Actually, no. Um, when when families go through our program, I mean, our end goal is to make them great neighbors and to pay their mortgages on time. And, you know, we don't really have so much of a problem. Every now and then, maybe we'll have a family that's just has something externally that happens to them that kind of throws them into a loop. But that's where we come back in with our support services and say, how can we help? You know, COVID um, definitely impacted a few of our families. And we were right there meeting them in, park- in the parking lot with masks gone saying, okay, you don't have to, you lost your job until your unemployment comes in, sign this piece of paper and you don't have to pay your mortgage this month. We'll tack it on to the back end. So yeah, and that was something that we've never done before, but we were able to pivot that quickly in order to support our families. Because once you're a Habitat family, you're, you're a Habitat family for life. Okay. So let's say they get into the house and you know, with new things, there's little uh, bugs that haven't happened. So if they would to call you and say, hey, uh, you know, our sink is not really working right or water heater or whatever it is. Do you offer the repairs? They go through Habitat for that and do you have a, like a critical care unit that have big emergencies? Well, for our home ownership program, every house comes with a one-year warranty. So if anything was to happen, our contractors come right back in and fix it. And then after that, the home repairs are on the homeowner. And we do have a separate program called Critical Home Repairs where we can support any homeowner. It doesn't have to just be a Habitat homeowner, but it does have to be somebody that owns their home on providing critical home repairs. The safest place for a person to be is is in their own home with their own roof over their head with lighting, water, food in their fridge. So we have families in Sumner County that have leaking roofs, have showers that are not accessible and they're in wheelchairs now and they don't have the ability to take a shower within their own home. We can go in there and do critical home repairs like that. Adding ramps to homes, fixing floors that may have rotted away that can cause some additional further critical needs down the road. We want to stop it before it starts. Now, are there, is there a cost to those folks? All of our programs, you have to show the ability to pay, the willingness to partner, and the need. So while our homeownership program, you do get a 30-year mortgage, just like most every other homeowner. And then with our critical home repairs, it really depends on the family's need. We do have a loan program for our home repairs, depending on the extent of the home repairs, as some things are beyond our scope of what our volunteers and our skilled construction team can do. So we'll do home repairs for that others. We are very generously funded by the local community foundations and different types of funding programs in order to provide those services. Well, you know, with any of these, you know, homes, even apartments, I mean, you're going to have situations that arise and things like that, but it's good to know that they, I mean, they can call you because they might not know who to call, but if they get back with Habitat, say, here, here's a number to call. If you have questions on home ownership or how does this happen? What happens if this happens? So you have all of that laid out. So that, that's, that is, it's pretty cool. You know, it's a lot of work. <laughs> to try, especially when the communities start growing. And if you're going to put these neighborhoods up several places, you're going to have, have, have 
have folks to manage that. So what kind of team do you have in place in Sumner County? Well, I do have the world's best employees at Habitat Sumner County and a phenomenal board of directors that really helps me move our mission forward. My role is really to bring the best people to the table in order to accomplish our mission. So we have a team of 14 now that includes our Restore employees, and then we have a board of 18. And beyond that, we also have a lot of volunteers that serve on committees, like our construction committee. They're obviously a very vital committee to us, homeowner selection, and then volunteer committee that goes out to find more volunteers to bring them back to Habitat. Um, So, you know, without the community support, without these volunteers that give so much of their time, their talent, and their treasure, it's just a way for us to more effectively move our mission forward and build more, build better, and build faster. We need more homes. So if somebody wanted to volunteer, go to the website. There's information there. Are there qualifications that they would have to have in order to qualify to be a volunteer? The only qualification we have is you have to be 14 and older, and then it's 16 or older on a construction site. Yes, go to our website, and then our amazing volunteer coordinator, Sierra, will give you a call, bring you in, just talk with you, learn a little bit more about you and where your strengths and talents lie, and find a role that fits you. And also, if there's something that you might not have a strength in, such as building, we can still get you engaged and partner you up with somebody that does know how to build and they teach you cool skills like putting on siding, installing windows, you know, installing trim and things like that. I can volunteer my voice. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. I said, no, please, no. <laughs> now, you said something a little bit ago about the Restore and I think that's a magnificent situation you have there. So tell everybody what the Restore is and what it's all about. So the Restore is our secondhand home improvement store. So we sell a lot of home improvement items, plumbing, lighting, a lot of kitchen cabinets, furniture, windows, doors. If you want to DIY something or renovate something, we probably have it there for you. And we come also part of our Restore is we have a team of volunteers that will come and pull out your kitchen cabinets if you're renovating your kitchen or your bathrooms and we take those out and we sell those and it's a win-win really for our whole community not only do you get a free service and not have to pay for that deconstruction cost but also keeps stuff out of the landfill that can otherwise be reused and then it brings new life to another home that they need your cabinets and they can do it on a fraction of the cost of brand new our restore is in Gallatin off of Sumner Hall Drive. It's behind Burke's Goodwill, that strip mall right there. So it was interesting because I guess like if I wanted to put like some cabinets above my washer dryer, so it's not a huge cabinet thing. So I can go in and look, find something that works. Then I can buy that. Of course, I'm sure it'd be at a way reduced price other than going to Home Depot or Lowe's and trying to get a new cabinetry. So they just pay and go from there. Now, is that a tax write-off for, for somebody who, if they purchase? If you purchase, it's not a tax write-off, but donating donating to us is considered a tax credit yeah yes if you donate to us you that is a tax advantage for you and your family all right so the next question you're a nonprofit. tell us how you make money to make all this possible? I love this question. Everybody always wants to know how nonprofits make money. One thing that is phenomenal about the way that habitats are designed is we have our restore that funds our operating expenses. So our restore keeps our lights on, pays for our building, pays for all the staff, pays for the insurance. There's a lot of insurance that is involved with building homes and utilizing volunteers. And then we raise money throughout Sumner County in order to fulfill the needs of our programs. 
programs. We tithe monthly to Habitat International, but if you donate to us in Sumner County, 95 cents on the dollar stays here in Sumner County. And that's one thing that I love is that I can say to somebody that if you donate to me today, 95% go and support a family here locally. And while we also support Habitat International, they build homes globally and throughout the time that we've been incorporated since 1993, our support through our monthly tithing has gone to build 23 homes globally. So, and we've built 68 homes here in Sumner County. Now, do you have, I guess, fundraising events that you you guys put on and what's coming up? Yes, we have our Women's Build fundraising event coming up on September 23rd. It's called Pino and Purses. So it's all things women, all things purses, all things wine. We will have a live auction and a silent auction and it'll be catered. Just a great night for women to come out and support our Women's Build, which we will be building one of our homes in Pafford Place by all women. Men are invited, but this will support the women, like I said, the Women's Build and raising the money for that helps us fund the entire cost of a build. While the entire cost of a build costs definitely more than what we are fundraising at Pino and Purses, and we want to reach the goal of $50,000. Okay, so the Pino and Purses is going to be at Baxby's Ranch on the 23rd, so five to eight. You got a good amount of time there. You can come in and network and fellowship and, and, and help, and they're going to raise money for that. Is there, I guess, an entry fee that people would pay? Yes. You can go to our website um, at habitatsumnercounty.org to purchase tickets. Purchase your tickets quickly because it is selling out fast. We just have 250 tickets. And so there are different levels of tickets. You can have the introductory ticket at just $25 up to a VIP ticket, which is $100. Every ticket comes with a drink ticket and food and the ability, like you said, to fellowship with other women in order to support our women's bill. So uh, women are required, men are welcome. So we like that. So <laughs> listen, Kate, we've run out of time. This is crazy. So much to cover, but we've been speaking with Kate Ritchie. She's the executive director of Habitat for Humanity right here in Sumner County. She's, uh, she's got, her, got her hands full here, folks. So help her out and check out Habitat for Humanity. We appreciate that. So that's going to wrap up another edition of Sumner County Spotlight right here with Jeff Shannon. We appreciate you joining us. We'll see you next Sunday. So long. Sumner County Spotlight on 100.7 WHIN 1010 AM has been brought to you exclusively by FM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. Whether you need personal banking, banking for your business, a home mortgage, or considering refinancing your home, FM Bank will provide you with excellent service right here in Sumner County. Visit them today at myfmbank.com. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday morning at 10 AM. Thanks for listening.